people have been asking, and it is finally here. My next live event, Work On Your Game Live, is taking place. Write these dates down. February 3rd and 4th, that's a Friday and a Saturday, here in beautiful, sunny, warm Miami, Florida, February 2023, February 3rd and 4th. At this event, we're going to help you achieve three specific things. You can write these things down too. Number one, help you raise your level of performance, because as I always say, this is a performance-based business that we are in. Number two, increase the consistency of your performance. This means you don't only perform at a high level, but you can do it over and over and over again. And number three, you're going to make more money in your business. If you are into making more money and generating more revenue in your business, we're going to do all of that. Those three things, performance, consistency, revenue, at Work On Your Game Live. Now, how we're going to do that are four specific things, the mindset that you need to show up every day and do the work, the strategy so that you have a game plan of action, the system so that you can execute the strategy consistently without fail, with very little variation from moment to moment, and the execution to go and get it done over and over and over again. Those are just details. But just keep these three things in mind that I told you at the top. Performance, consistency, income. If you are interested in any one of those three things or two of them or all three, go to workonyourgame.live. Again, workonyourgame.live. Get your ticket to the event. I am hosting. I will be teaching the entire two days. We'll give you food and snacks and coffee and donuts and all that. We have VIP dinners both nights that are optional if you would like to join. And I mean, it's Miami. Who doesn't want to be in Miami in the middle of February when it's the coldest part of the year everywhere else in the United States? Get your ticket by going to workonyourgame.live. Then text me. Let me know that you're coming. And we're going to know who everybody is, who needs to meet who. I'm going to make sure everybody gets exactly what you need out of that. You will not leave that room unless you have a full game plan moving forward of action to take your business where it needs to go. Workonyourgame.live. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894. 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. I want you to understand, not everybody needs to be included in everything. The dictionary is about accuracy. Dayallday.com. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. Dreolday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques 
all under the umbrella of one unified philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is why the dictionary still matters. I mean, it's always matter. We're going to talk about why it still matters and why am I even talking about this? You will understand, of course, as usual, momentarily. Before we do that, let me tell you about it. I have a daily motivation text message I send out free of charge to everyone who's in my text community. You want to receive this message that is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. Just text me right now. My number which is 305-384-6894. And every day when I send out that daily motivation, because you're in my text community, you'll be receiving that text. Second, if you have not yet claimed your free copy of my book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs, that book is all about how you can make yourself to show up strategically and systematically show up and give your best effort, even when you don't feel like it, even when you least feel like it. I'll give you a free copy of that book. I'll send a physical copy to your doorstep. Just go to thirddaybook.com. And third, any business person or professional here who's serious about increasing the revenue and income that you're making in your business, I'm going to give you a training. It goes over the five things that the top 1% performers do in their businesses that most other people do not do. I'll tell you exactly what it is, why they do it, and how you could possibly, and why rather, you should implement this into your business. That training is completely free. Just go to workonyourgame.net and set aside 45 minutes of time for you to get all of that insight and information in that training. Again, that's at workonyourgame.net. So with all that out of the way, let's get into the topic. Why the dictionary matters. All right. So the definition of the word dictionary. You know you are a super logical individual when you look up the definition of the word dictionary is, here's the definition, a book or electronic resource that lists the words of a language, typically in alphabetical order, and gives their meaning or gives the equivalent words in a different language, often also providing information about pronunciation, origin, and usage. Now, why do we need to talk about why the dictionary matters? When I get into my points, I'll have explained this a whole lot, but it's just the reason why this matters is because in the world that we're living in today, and I've talked about how standards are the enemy of chaos. And let me see if I can tell you what episode that was where I talked about that. In episode 2284, I told you why chaos is appealing to the masses. And also I've talked about standards and why standards still matter in episode 2097 and in episode 1974, how standards are the enemy of mediocrity. What the dictionary is, is a standard of language. That's what the dictionary is is a standard of language. So let's just talk about the English language. All right. We can all communicate with each other. The reason we can communicate with each other is because we all have an agreed upon understanding of what certain words and phrases mean. And the reason that we have this agreed upon understanding is because we all respect the dictionary as the baseline for defining the meaning of words. If we didn't have a dictionary that was an accepted baseline as to what each word means, then you and I would not be able to communicate with each other because I could use a word, let's say airplane. And when I say airplane, you get a certain picture in your mind because we all have agreed that airplane means whatever picture you have in your mind. It's probably the same picture I have in my mind. But if there was no dictionary or if we decide to disregard the dictionary and say, you know what? I don't like the definitions in a dictionary. No, I'm just coming up with my own definitions for a dictionary. So when somebody said airplane, instead of picturing that plane that people get on and that tube that shoots through the air and it flies you from Portland to San Francisco or from Chicago to Dallas. Instead of seeing that, you decided, you know, what, I'm going to disregard what the dictionary says. And when someone says airplane, I'm going to picture what we all now know as a washing machine. You want to picture a washing machine while somebody else is picturing an airplane. How could you and that person have a conversation? Well, you couldn't 
because every word that they say and every word you say, conversely, the other person has a completely different idea of what you're referring to than what you're referring to, than what you believe you're referring to. And you two could never communicate. It'd be like if you're talking to someone who doesn't speak English and you don't speak Chinese, they speak Chinese only, you speak English only. Could you really communicate with that person? Not too well, simply because you two are not operating by the same dictionary. All right. Their words and your words are completely different. You can never really get much done through and with that other person. And this is the reason why the dictionary matters is because the dictionary gives all of us a standard for communication. And if we remove the standard of communication, you've heard me say this before, maybe if you've been listening to the show, what happens when standards get removed from anything? It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a school. It can be a family. It can be a community. It can be a business. It can be a conversation. When the standards get removed, you get chaos. Just like if two people are having a conversation, right? We have standards of decorum in our conversation. Me and you are talking to each other. We have certain standards that we're abiding by. I'm being polite. You're being polite. I'm being courteous. I say something, then I'll let you talk. You say something, then you let me talk. We're operating by certain standards, even if we're disagreeing. But if the standards get removed and I decide, you know what? I'm not going to let you talk anymore. Or you decide you're not going to let me talk anymore. We're not going to be courteous anymore. And we just remove the standards. What happens? then maybe we stop talking and we end up in a physical altercation or something worse. Why? Because we remove the standards. When standards get removed, you get chaos. And can we agree that two people having a physical altercation is a higher level of chaos than two people having a verbal conversation? So you see this chaos thing is a levels thing. It's not a yes or no black and white. It's a level of chaos because two people can be having a conversation. The level of chaos is very low. Entropy is low. Now they start disagreeing, then entropy is a little bit higher, a little bit more chaos. Now, if we start yelling and shouting at each other and cussing each other out, now the chaos is going up even more. And if we start talking and we start throwing fists, now the chaos is even higher. So chaos is a measure of how much, not a measure of yes or no. Is everybody tracking and following me so far? Now, we haven't even gotten into our points here today, but I'm giving all that background just so you understand. The dictionary matters because it's what allows us to communicate and our abilities to communicate with others and to others and with each other is what allows us to have a civil society. But if the dictionary stops mattering and people can just change the definitions and the meanings of whatever words they want just to fit whatever they're feeling that particular day, whatever direction the wind is blowing and what side of the bed they got up on, we're headed for a higher level of chaos. And as the level of chaos increases and the standards go down, then it just creates more of an issue for everybody in societies. That's why this matters. But let's get into our point so I can explain it even better. Point number one, the topic once again today is why the dictionary matters. The dictionary, ladies and gentlemen, is a baseline. The main reason why it matters is because the dictionary is a baseline, just as the Holy Quran is a baseline for a Muslim. The Bible is a baseline for a Christian. The Torah is a baseline for a Jewish person or Torah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Although the dictionary is not quite on the same level as a religious text, in the same sense, though, what the dictionary does is it settles all debates and is the foundation from which we have conversation. So if you and I are talking about something and we disagree on the meaning of a word, we can just pull up the dictionary and say, OK, well, the word means this. So that means the way I'm using it is maybe more correct than the way that you're using it. Or maybe we're both using it the wrong way and we both need to adjust how we're talking about something. What the dictionary does, though, is it settles the debate. If we're debating about how something got said and what it means, then the dictionary should be able to settle that debate as long as you're dealing with two rationally thinking people. Now, are all people always thinking rationally? No. But when people are thinking rationally, we look at the dictionary and say, OK, the dictionary settles this. This is what the word means. So I was using it wrong or you were using it wrong or we were both using it wrong. We need to make our adjustments. Same way that if two Christians disagree on a point, 
they can say, you know what, we don't have to keep arguing about this because it's not about whether my perspective is more right than your perspective or vice versa, because it's not about either of us being right. Let's decide what's accurate. And what's accurate is what's in that Bible because we're both Christians. See, we can agree that looking at the Bible will give us what's accurate because we both have decided to submit to the will of what that Bible says, because we're both of the same religion. You get what I'm saying? Because we both have decided that we're going to operate under this standard, we can come to an agreement. We can come to a conclusion because we're on the same page. Now, if both people are not agreeing to that, let's say both people decide, let's say me and another person have a conversation about the meaning of a word or a phrase. And I say, well, let's look at the dictionary. And they say, well, I don't care what the dictionary says. Okay, well, now we have a problem. We may never be able to come to a conclusion because we're not agreeing that we're even going to operate by the same standard. It's just like if there was a legal situation between me and my next door neighbor, we can agree, okay, if we can't settle this amicably between ourselves and we can settle it in court. We can let the judge decide. But if that person says, well, I don't care what the judge says, I don't care what the court says, I'm still going to believe what I want to believe. Well, we got a problem because if we can't agree that our disagreements can be arbitrated by one judge that we will submit to, then we can never come to a conclusion and we're going to have trouble communicating. Same way that two people of the same religion can agree, all right, we both submit to the will of what this document says. We will both submit to the will of what our religious leader says. We'll both submit to the will of what the dictionary says. But if you can't get two people to even agree on that, then theoretically they could disagree on everything and never come to a conclusion because we're not on the same page with anything. So again, the dictionary is not quite a religious text, but is what allows us to have a conversation because we agree this word means this. All right, you see a word on a screen, you have an idea what it means. I have the mental workbook behind me over my left shoulder. When I tell you that I have a workbook, if you speak English, you have a certain vision in your mind of what that is when I say I've written a workbook. But if you decide that the word workbook doesn't mean that vision that you have in your mind, instead it means you start picturing a light bulb instead of a book, then how are we going to communicate? I say, well, I got this book called the mental workbook and you're picturing a light bulb and I'm picturing the text. Well, how can we communicate? We can't. See, when we all understand the definitions of words or when we agree to the definition of words, we can communicate with each other. We can get our ideas across and hopefully we can create societal progress because we're all working off the same baseline and the same standard. When we can't communicate with each other, we achieve absolutely nothing. Now, this is the reason why the dictionary matters, because it's a baseline for communication. And communication is the highest form of value transference. See, I could transfer value by using my physical body, but there's only so much I can do with my physical body before the body can't do it anymore. Secondly, anything I do with my physical body, I have to be in a one physical location to do it. But when it comes to communication, I can communicate with people all over the world. There are people who are listening to this show in places that I physically have never been. I've been to a lot of states in America, but maybe some of you live in a city that I've never actually been in. And you and I may never, ever meet in person. Well, you could come to work on your game live. We can meet in person. But if you and I never meet in person, I can still communicate with you and have an impact on you and you can have an impact on me through our ability to communicate with each other. So communication is the highest form of value transference. But if we are not on the same page as far as what your communication means and what my communication means, then you can't transfer any value to me. Is everybody following me to this point? So when we all know that one word means one thing, another word means another thing, we can get on the same page or at least be in the same book, even when we disagree. See, I can say, all right, we can agree what all the words mean, but I still can disagree with you on your point. You could disagree with me on my point. That's fine. But this is why I open many episodes of this show by sharing the definitions of words and phrases that I'm speaking about so that everybody understands. The reason I do that is that you understand the baseline from which I'm talking. I define the word so that you know what I'm talking about, because sometimes I may use a phrase like focus or concentration or chaos or 
mindset or mental toughness, I might use a phrase and you might have a different idea of what that word means or that phrase means than what I have. I always lay out the definition so that you understand where I'm coming from. All right. So you understand why I'm saying what I'm saying, because if we can't even agree on what the word means or you don't understand what I'm talking about when I say what the word means, that's when confusion comes in. That's a breakdown. Confusion is simply a breakdown in communication. When our communications break down, everything else breaks down underneath it. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is why the dictionary matters and why it still matters. The dictionary is a standard, as I said earlier. Now, what happens again, folks, you already should know the answer to this question. When we remove, smudge, cancel, and randomly adjust standards based on our personal whims, what happens? You should know what happens if you've been listening to this show for a month or more. You should know because I talk about this at least that often. What happens is we engage the second law of thermodynamics which is known as entropy, also known as chaos. Now, entropy is simply the measure of chaos in a system. Let me get the definition. There we go. Definition of entropy. Now, I'm going to read the long definition and a short one. Entropy is a thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in the system. That's what entropy is, this last part. The degree of disorder or randomness in the system. So entropy means a lack of order and randomness. Paul, I label it as chaos. The second definition of entropy here is lack of order or predictability or gradual decline into disorder. That's what entropy means. You are gradually going into a state of disorder. And I want you to understand every entity on the planet, people, groups, organizations, we are always slowly declining into a state of more and more entropy. In other words, we're becoming more and more disorganized at all times. This is why we have standards, though, because what standards do is they're basically the guardrails against us getting into more disorder. Now, the higher your standards, the less likely you're going to keep descending into disorder. So this second law of thermodynamics, I just call it chaos, but you could also call it disorder. So have you ever been in a conversation, for example, with someone and the two of you were talking about the same thing, yet you couldn't come to an agreement? Never had that happen. Y'all talking about the same thing, yet you're still not seeing eye to eye. The reason why that happens is because both of you are usually using different definitions for the same phrases or words. You couldn't come to an agreement as to what the standard was, because the standard is what does this word mean? If you think the word means this and they think the word means that, y'all could both be using the same word, but you still can't agree because y'all have different standards. You get it? And because of this, usually what happens next is just the disillusion of the conversation or you have an argument. And what is an argument? I just explained this earlier. Argument is an increased state of disorder as opposed to we're having an amicable conversation, even if we're disagreeing, but we're being courteous to each other. That's one level. But then if we start arguing, that's a higher level of entropy. There's more disorder in the system of our conversation when we start arguing with each other. All right. It's a form of chaos, increased chaos. So if I say the most important thing in our business is being accurate, which means doing what helps us perform at the highest level and thus generate the most revenue. But you think what's most important is being right which is something like, let's say you want to make sure more women and more people of color and more transgender people have jobs at our organization. Well, then the problem is we're not agreeing on a baseline because I think the most important thing is this. You think the most important thing is that. So if we can't agree on this part, then nothing else we do is going to work because we have two different baselines and that leads to increased chaos. Many companies and organizations are voluntarily jumping into chaos these days because they're more focused on even following my example, there are many organizations out here these days that are more focused on being right, being accepted and being not canceled than they are on being accurate. That knowing the business world as I know it, the most important thing every business does is generate revenue. 
That's the most important thing a business does. Generate revenue. That's the accurate thing is generating revenue. All right. That's what business is, is you're generating revenue, making money. Now, if you decide that you want to make money subservient to being right, which is i.e. doing things that make you look morally upstanding, such as let's hire more women or hire more people of color or hire more gay and transgender people just so you can show the world that you're doing it. But those women and people of color and gay and transgender people are not the best possible candidates to help you make money. Now, what you're doing is putting the most important thing second in line to something else. Now you're introducing higher levels of entropy into your organization because you're hiring less qualified people who are less able to help you achieve the accurate outcome of making money. Instead, you're trying to achieve the quote unquote right outcome of looking like you are you know, going along with whatever program is out there. And I want you to understand there's a difference between being right and being accurate. I talked about this in episode 2167. Being right is when you're trying to show people that you're on the same page as them or trying to show that your opinion is the prevailing opinion. Being accurate is doing what best produces the target desired outcome. And those are two different things because, see, there are times when I have a certain opinion about how things are going to go. That's my rightness. My opinion is what I think I'm right about. But if what's accurate goes against my opinion completely, is the exact opposite of my opinion. Question is, which one will I pick? Will I ride with my opinion, which is helping serve my ego and make me feel like I'm right? Or will I ride with what's accurate, which actually produces the outcome? If I'm smart, I'm going to go with what's accurate, which means putting my ego and my opinion to the side. So I saw the NHL, the National Hockey League, they did a study, an independent study that they hired some consulting firm to do. And the firm concluded that the NHL needs more women and people of color working in the front offices of the organizations or the, the NHL as a lead. And it was very interesting to me because I don't know too many black people or women who are pining for a job working in the National Hockey League. But the NHL came out and they self-reported that they need to do more of this. They're going to hire more women and more people of color to work in the NHL. That doesn't mean that these women and people of color can't be good employees and help the NHL move forward. Here's the problem with this is that if these people are not the best at helping the actual league move forward and make more money and do more business, then NHL is shooting itself in the foot trying to be right rather than being accurate. This is where people hurt themselves in business when they don't even understand what business they're actually in or they do know what business they're in, but they're getting distracted by focusing on the wrong things. So this is how many businesses actually kill themselves and many people as well trying to prove a point rather than focusing on what's accurate, what actually works. So many companies and organizations are doing this to themselves right now. Sometimes you can do both. You could be right and be accurate at the same time. I mean, you prove your opinion correct. And at the same time, you're doing what best serves the business. Most of the time, these are mutually exclusive. Most of the time, there's a conflict between your personal opinion and what actually helps the organization move forward. Usually there's a conflict between those two. So the question is, can you put your ego aside to actually do what serves the success of the organization. And many people's egos these days are driven by proving how woke you are and how much you are attuned to social issues, quote unquote, whatever the hell that means. In episode 1523, I talked about checking your ego at the door. In episode 1353, I talked about prioritizing success over ego. When you're trying to be right, you are talking about your ego. When you're trying to be accurate, you're talking about what will create success. And again, oftentimes they are in conflict. So which one matters more to you? Every business has to make a decision. So when the NHL came out with this initiative to get more women and more people of color working in their front offices, my first thought was, why? Why does it matter? NHL has been around for a long time. Why all of a sudden do they need women and people of color working there? I mean, is there some study that came out that said having women working in the hockey league will make the hockey league do more business? I never heard of that. If there is, somebody show me how that's possible. 
Show me the data that proves this. So the NHL right now is trying to be right. All right. They're trying to serve their ego by showing everyone how woke they are and how on the right side of history they will be because they're going to hire women and people of color. The problem is hiring women and people of color. Is that going to help the NHL do more business? And the answer is not a definitive yes. Why are you doing this? If you can't answer the question, then you shouldn't be doing it. Everybody who's listening to me right now, I got a diverse audience. How many black people and women do you know who are interested in working in the hockey industry? How many can you name? How many black people do you know and women do you know? Like, man, I wish I could get a job working in the hockey industry. All right. And the answer for most of you is probably not many. And guess what? That's okay. Everybody ain't got to have every job. All right. Not every industry in the world needs to be completely diverse and 50-50 based on gender, sexual orientation, and race. This is not what it's supposed to be. Again, this is people trying to be right. We got to get more black people working here. Why? <laughs> is having more black people working there going to help you do more business? If you can't answer the question definitively, yes. Why do you feel like you need to hire more? Black people can get a job even if you don't give them one. All right. I don't know any black person who can't get a job if they're qualified for one. Every organization trying to do this is undermining the baseline requirement of their business, which is our business performing at the highest possible level. That's the baseline requirement of a business. Putting more diversity in an organization, diversity does not equal performance. Diversity does not equal performance. Diversity equals diversity. And understanding diversity and performance are not the same thing. All right, the NBA increased diversity, for example, you know, it's funny because these organizations say, well, we got to hire more people in the front office to work at these places. But you don't hear them saying we got to hire more black players. You don't hear NHL saying we got to hire women to play on the teams. Why? Because they know that's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous to put them in the front office as it is to put them on the field or the ice or the court. If the NBA decided to increase diversity by firing a bunch of the black players and putting a bunch of white guys in there so it could be more 50-50 and it could be more representative of American society, which is more like way more white people than black people. If the NBA did that, would the product get better or worse? Well, we know by definition, the product would get worse because the NBA is based on a selective process. The best players get chosen. And if the best players happen to be majority black, then that's what it is. And in hockey, the best players happen to be majority white. That's what it is. What's wrong with that? If Victoria's Secret stopped hiring model-sized skinny women to show off their lingerie and instead hired a bunch of plus-size women for their fashion shows, let me ask you a question. Men and women, answer this question. Would Victoria's Secret sell more or less underwear if they did that? I want you to understand, not everybody needs to be included in everything. Dictionary is about accuracy. It's not about being right. And point number three, topic once again, is why the dictionary still matters. The reason dictionary matters, another reason, as a baseline, is because people who want to introduce chaos in the system, the very first thing they do is remove or just decide to ignore baselines. That's the first thing you do to introduce chaos in the system. If you want to introduce chaos at your job, just stop following the rules or decide that the rules don't matter anymore. And if there are no more rules, then people just start acting crazy simply because there are no rules holding them in place. There are no standards. There are no guardrails. So for example, the dictionary definition of racism is the belief that race accounts for differences in human character or ability and that a particular race is superior to others. That's a quote. That's the dictionary definition of it. Ibram Kendi wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. Maybe some of you have read it. All of you should read. I don't agree with a lot of conclusions in his book, but you should read the book so that you can. It's a great case study in someone introducing chaos into a system. Successfully, he successfully did this. So his definition of racism, here's what Ibram Kendi said, the author of the book. He said, the definition of racism is anything that leads to an unequal outcome between people of different races. Do you notice that his definition is completely, it has no reference whatsoever to what's in the dictionary? He just made up his own definition of racism. And a whole bunch of people bought this hook, line, and sinker. His definition leaves the door open for anyone to call anything racist. You can call anything racist. Uh, there's disparity in the outcomes between this group and this group then we can call it racist. That's basically what he did in writing this book. That's not basically what he did. That's literally what he did. 
And a bunch of people bought into this. So look around. What do you see happening these days? It's interesting that when I looked up the definition of racism for this very episode, there's a search engine called DuckDuckGo. That's the one that I mostly use for my searches. Their definition of racism is different than Google's definition of racism. Now, here's the question. Which ones did you listen to? Well, here's a question to help you answer that question. Which one has a vested interest in making you believe something? See, DuckDuckGo's very business model is based around, we're not trying to mislead you in any way. We do not track your information and we do not store your searches. DuckDuckGo's whole business model is based around that. Whereas Google, on the other hand, they're based in Silicon Valley. And I talked about this in episode number 2349, why you need absolutes, not maybes in life. The dictionary is an absolute. The dictionary is a baseline. Google, like many companies in Silicon Valley, alters their baselines based on what is expedient for them in the moment. They leave room for negotiation. They leave room to change definitions as they see fit based on, again, what works for them in the moment. DuckDuckGo. Their whole business model is based around the fact that we don't do that. They're explicit about it. See, the dictionary does not leave room for negotiation. Our successful people, I think I told you all this, they operate by absolutes. They operate by straight line theories, not a whole bunch of curved lines and maybes and zigzags. Straight line is this and is this. When people start smudging and curving what used to be a straight line, what you get is chaos, always and without fail. All right, there are no exceptions to this rule. When you don't have straight lines, you don't have absolutes. The only alternative is chaos. Let's recap today's classes, why the dictionary matters and why it still matters. Point number one, dictionary is a baseline. It just says religious texts are the baseline for people who follow certain religions. It allows you to resolve disputes. And it is something that everyone who has decided to follow those texts has decided to submit themselves to. And when people can't agree what they submit themselves to, we get chaos because people can just make up whatever ideas they want based on their feelings and emotions, which change from moment to moment, day by day. And this is how we get ridiculousness in society. And this is why I open many episodes of the show by giving you a definition of a term that I'm going to talk about. Point number two, the dictionary, that baseline is a standard. And what standards are guardrails to protect against chaos. When you remove the guardrails from any organization, what you get as a result is chaos. And this is without fail. Just like if you didn't have the school teacher come into a second grade classroom, the kids start acting up, not because they are just naturally inclined to act up, but because they don't have standards that keep them from acting up. Actually, you could say they're naturally inclined to it. Adults are as well, because entropy, the law, this law in thermodynamics says that every entity is always moving towards a state of higher and higher chaos. So the most important thing in our business is being accurate, not in being right. Being right is your ego. Being accurate is what serves the ultimate outcome that you are trying to get to. Which one matters more to you? You should have an answer to this question. Number three, reason dictionary matters as a baseline is because people who want to introduce chaos into a system, the first thing they do is remove or completely ignore baselines. Like people change the definition of what racism means to expand it so that they could pretty much call anyone anything racist. And people actually bought into this because the masses are, again, chaos is appealing to the masses. I did a whole episode on this and explained it to you. So in episode 2349, I told you why you need absolutes and not maybes in life. The most successful people operate by absolutes and straight lines, not curves and smudges. And when you have curves and smudges instead of absolutes, you get chaos always and without fail. So text me to get my daily motivation straight to your phone. My number is 305-384-6894. And go to workonyourgame.net. Get access to my free 45-minute training. Five things the top 1% performers are doing in their business that you are not doing. Training is completely free. Just set aside 45 minutes. That's at workonyourgame.net. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, 
Just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.